Welcome to a Hope Alive Church podcast, where we strive to be an authentic family of believers, where we believe everyone can encounter the living hope found only in Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy the word. Amen. Pastor Cliff, we're ready to hear it. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Come on, tell them I'm glad you're sitting by me. Tell them your singing is getting better. I heard you. Tell them. Amen. Let's go to the word today. So glad that you're here. Aren't you grateful for Hope Alive Church today? Amen. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful. Can I take 60 seconds and just be grateful for a moment? I'm grateful for our volunteers here at Hope Alive Church. I'm grateful for those who have not just watched the vision, but have picked up a shovel and helped dig towards the vision. And I'm telling you, the Lord is honoring that among people. What you saw standing right here is generational. What you saw standing here is people getting involved and people getting connected. Church is not a thing you come to. It is a family you belong to. A church is not an event you attend weekly. Let's clarify. Church is a body that you belong in. You're a part of the body. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're a part of the body. Amen. It doesn't matter where you came from, what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are, who you're not. It just matters that you are, you understand that you're a part of the body of Christ. I'm grateful for our worship team. I'm grateful for our building. I'm grateful for our musicians and singers and our serve team. I'm grateful for the women's ministry and the men's ministry. I'm grateful for, for Uncle Robert. I'm grateful for our live stream. I'm grateful for our work, our sound and media team. I'm grateful today. Lord, we thank you today. You're so good to us, Jesus. You're so good to us. We love you with all that we have. Okay, let's go to the word. Revelations, hallelujah. Revelation chapter 3, amen. I, uh, I have a word for you that I ask God to exempt me from. And you know God never answers my prayer when I pray that prayer. I ask him, sure, you sure you want me to still keep talking about some of this stuff? I've been leaning in on some of this lately. And the Lord continues to peel back layers And I want to make a commitment to you that as your pastor, I'm going to preach what the Lord says, not what I want to say. Amen. Amen. Revelations chapter 3, while you're turning there, keep in prayer many in our church that are going through loss and going through some struggles. I'll save the details for now, but those of you that are in the room that have experienced that this week, I want you to know that nothing is in vain. It is hard. It is difficult. But we serve a God who sees and knows all. Revelation chapter 3, I'm going to be in verse 15. Verse 15 and 16, Revelation says, I know your works. If you have got a pen in your purse or in your pocket, you ought to underline those first four words. I know your works. You are neither hot nor, uh, excuse me, you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Don't that just encourage you today? <laughs> you ever open the Bible and be like, God, you have a way of picking people up out of, the, <laughs> out of their... No, no. 
He said, uh, he said, I know your works and you are neither hot or cold. And I want you to be one or the other. Everybody say one or the other. But he said, said to this church, this church of Laodicea, if you know about the book of Revelations, it's letters, internal letters written to seven different churches, talking about these different churches. And he said, so because you are lukewarm, again, because you're neither cold nor hot, I will spit you, spew you, one interpretation says, out of my mouth. Martha and I had a privilege of attending a worship, a conference, and, and Brandon, Pastor Brandon went with us as well. And, and we were in, our, I was in, a, me and Martha went in our hotel room and, and went to wash my hands in the sink. And I turned on the hot water. Pastor Martha remembers this. We turned on the hot water and we waited and we waited. And we, we wondered if they even believed in hot water at this hotel because we waited so long. And we waited and waited, and I had to go turn on the shower, turn it on hot water, just so we could get some hot water flowing to our room. Now, if you know anything about these hotels, there's not a hot water heater in every room. There is a boiler system, and all these different rooms feed into this boiler. But uh, for a moment, I had to remind myself, the hot water is coming. We're just really far from the source. Oof. And as we were patient and we waited, the Lord spoke to me. And if you are listening, I want to tell you, if you are listening, the Lord is speaking. If you are hungry, the Lord is feeding. If you are receptive, the Lord is giving. If you are attentive, the Lord is present. If you are looking, the Lord is showing himself. But if you're walking around saying, I don't hear from you, I don't see you, I can't feel you, I don't know who you are, I don't know what you're saying or what you're doing, it's not the Lord's fault you can't hear him, see him. You're probably just a little further from the source than you think you are. And that hot water took some time because we were on the fourth floor, we were far from the source. And as we waited and as we realized that revelation, the Lord immediately took me to this passage of scripture and it said, reminds, it reminds you and it reminded me of many Christians who are so far from the source, you can't tell if they're hot or cold. They're just somewhere in the middle. I don't know about you, but warm water gets on my nerves. I want a hot shower. So hot, I start smelling bacon cooking in that shower. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Baby, you making breakfast? <clears throat> no, smell like chicharrones in that bathroom. <laughs> I wrote this down. I want you to see. I believe the single greatest enemy of the body of Christ, of Christianity, of your soul, of your family, and of Hope Alive Church is not a devil. It's lukewarm faith. Lukewarm faith. Faith that will not take a side. Everybody say, take a side. Say it again, take a side. The single greatest enemy of the modern day church is not the devil. I don't know about y'all, but I read the back of the book. The devil's defeated. 
I, I, I hate to sing songs and, and preach messages about how bad the devil is. The devil is defeated. If I'm going to sing anything, I'm going to sing the fact that he already was, is, and is to come a defeated foe. The greatest enemy of the church is not different religions. It's not the Mormons or the Jehovah's Witness or all of these cults. It's not the, it's not the church of Satan. The greatest enemy of the church is not, you know, Doja Cat's music. It's lukewarm people. It's people who lack spiritual steel. It's people who lack spiritual fortitude. It's people that have gone too far from the source. It's people that have taken lightly what God has taken seriously. Oh, let me say that again. There's people in this room who have taken lightly what God said in this book is supposed to be taken seriously. There's people in this, in this room who have accepted what God has rejected. There's people in this world. There's people in churches all over, all over. It's not just here. It's not just in West Texas. It's not just in Texas or the United States. It's around the world. It's people who have begun to entertain what God told us to abstain from. And we have become a compromising Christian culture. We cannot decide. We cannot take a side. We have, been con we have become content with compromising the character of God, the instruction of God, the, 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 the instructions, the, the instructions that he gave us to live by. We have become comfortable with compromise. So we have produced and reproduced and mass produced lukewarm living are we all growing today and this is important because there's three options there's three options you are either in this passage of scripture they're gonna put it up there you are either hot you are either cold or you are lukewarm you are either hot you are either cold or you are lukewarm I firmly believe everybody in this room is is represented in this scripture because you are either hot, you are either cold, or you are lukewarm. I am referencing temperature, because I know a lot of you are cold in here, because we keep it on 68 degrees to keep the COVID away, amen? And we sell sweatshirts in the merch shop, that's why we keep it so cold. <laughs> that was funny, I don't care who you are. It don't matter if we have it on 60 degrees. Somebody in the back is still going, golly, it's hot in this church. Maybe it's your conscience. I don't know what's going on. No, no, but anyway, you're, you're, uh, we're all represented here. Let's talk about these spiritual references. Spiritually hot. Spiritual things are important to people. Be good. DJ Cliff. <laughs> I'm going to keep working with it for a minute. Hello. All right, Billy. We are hot. We are spiritually focused on what is important. Spiritually hot people that are in this room are bearing much fruit. The Bible is describing these people who have a, a spiritual lifestyle that aligns with the fire of God burning on the inside of you. 
spiritually hot, people have a habit of repentance. Not a habit of self-dependence, but a habit of repentance, a habit of turning from their wickedness and turning from anything that separates themselves from God. People who do not repent regularly are not spiritually on fire. Let's talk about repentance for just a moment. People that do not acknowledge and turn from and, and, and disregard or, or cast away their sin, their engagement, the filth, the, 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 the a film of the world that tries to attach itself to the body of Christ. Those people are not spiritually on fire, are not hot. They're not growing. But people that are hot in this passage of scripture are, are those that are growing, those that have a habit of repentance, those that make a habit out of, out of being in their word, not just to answer one situation, but to keep yourselves out of bad situations. These are people that are on fire, that are focused, and the fruit of the spirit is most visible in their life. Now in this passage of scripture, there are those that are cold, not cold like the kids say, oh, he's cold. Not like that. These people only, only, only look for spiritual things uh, sometimes or, or spiritual things never even enter into their mind. Uh, this world m is making them and enamors them and, and, and they have turned from God. They have turned completely away from God. They have a profane disregard for God. And I would imagine that those people are not in this room because if they were, it wouldn't make sense for them to even essentially be here unless the Holy Spirit is drawing them. They seldom read in the word. They seldom pray. They seldom uh, make it a priority to focus on producing any fruit of the Holy Spirit. These people are cold, but then there are those that are lukewarm. Everybody say lukewarm. Those are the ones that talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. Those are the ones that, that have a form of godliness, a form of godliness. Second Timothy chapter three says, but I know this in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. They will be lovers of money. They will be boasters and proud. They will be blasphemers. They will be disobedient to parents. They will be unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And it says they will look they will have a form of godliness. They will sit in churches and play the part. I call them spiritual cross-dressers. You look like something, but down deep inside, you ain't what you say you are. And there's a lot of Christians that are dressed up like something. If that made you nervous, this might not be your church. But the truth of the matter is people put on their faith and think that it hides who down deep inside they really are. Down deep inside, there's somebody that has disregarded God, has turned from instruction, but on Sunday, they, they just button up and freshen up and come in here and wave their hands around, and, and they begin to try to fool the body of Christ. But the body of Christ and the Lord will not be fooled by our lukewarmness. 
by our attempt to cover up what we really are. Maybe you'd have said that differently, but I guarantee you'll never forget it. Lukewarm people are interested in carnal things. When the choice between carnality and spirituality is in front of them, they choose carnality while trying to hold on to spirituality. These are people that will not take a side. Everybody say, take a side. Every day we make internal choices and external proof, there's external proof that we are either hot, cold, or lukewarm. We make choices that we are either sold out We are either sold out to God, we are either sold out to this world, or we're somewhere in the middle trying to play both sides. And if, 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 if I'm your pastor, this, if you're visiting, bless you. Uh, if I'm your pastor, I'm talking to you. Lean into this. Because we cannot get the victory while one side is in the foot, one foot is in the world, and one foot is in the things of God. We will not see healing If one foot is in the things of carnality and one foot is in the things of spirituality, we will not see restoration until we take a side. And this morning, if I have one message to Hope Alive Church in its entirety is the reason that we cannot see the things we're praying for come to pass is because we refuse to take a side. God desires to be good to his children. He desi- his will is for us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prosper. His will is to answer. He said we could call on him and he would come. But if he's not speaking, if he's not providing, if he's not pouring out for you, you might need to look at the temperature of your soul. Because there might be places, whether you like to admit it or not, that are lukewarm. He's referring to the church of Laodicea. And if you read into the church of Laodicea, praise God, we paid the lights, I promise we did. <laughs> but we're going to be dark for just a minute, okay? I don't know what's going on, but the devil ain't going to win, amen? <laughs> See? And, and he's talking to the church of Laodicea, and the church of Laodicea really looks like the modern American church right now. We have all of our needs met. We're very self-sustained. We love the idea of God, but, but it would be very inconvenient to our comfort sometime to sell out completely to God. And, and, and what we can learn from the church of Laodicea is we cannot afford to be lukewarm or indifferent. What we can learn from the church of Laodicea is we cannot afford to rely on our self-sufficiency because there's not enough self to be God. There's not enough inside of you to be what God is to you. You'll run out of your own resources. We need to learn from the church of Laodicea and we need to accept and act on the correction of God that his word provides. If all you read the word is to find the fluffy parts of the scripture and it never challenges you, corrects you, or have you ever read a scripture and it just shuts your mouth? It just shuts your mouth because you've been doing it wrong. That is the love. That is the pure. The Bible says who God loves, he corrects. He chastens. He, he begins to align. 
I was talking to God this morning, Paul, and I said, I said, God, these kind of messages don't grow churches. And he said, this morning, I'm growing Christians, not churches. He said, if we'll grow more Christians, they'll turn their houses into churches. They'll turn their workplace into churches. They'll turn their schools into churches. They'll be ministers and leaders and pastors and teachers and evangelists and missionaries that'll rise up and take, take authority in the world. We've got to learn to not be lukewarm. We got to learn to not let material things. And let me, let me give a disclaimer. I am not against material things. I like material things like you do. But one has to win and one has to lose. Either material things are your focus or God is your focus. When God becomes your focus, Matthew 6, says, if you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. But there is not one scripture from Genesis to Revelation that says, if you seek the things of this world, God will just come along and be second place. He is either God of all or he is not God at all in your life, one or the other. He cannot be second fiddle. He is not the co-pilot. He is not the backseat driver. He, he is either in charge of your life or he's not on the car. Say amen today. So what's it going to be? Jesus was even on earth and he said to this in Matthew chapter 13. He said, those who are not with me are against me. And those who does not gather, who do not gather, they scatter. You are either on God's side, aligned with God's mission, specifically the great co-mission, go and tell, go and make disciples. That's what the body of Christ, he didn't say, uh, 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 come to church and just sit. He said, go out and make. We've been, uh, we've been doing a lot of gathering and sitting instead of going and making. And what Jesus is saying, if you're not gathering with me, you're a part of the problem. You're a part of the ones that are scattering. You're a part of the ones that are, that are living a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. This is good Christian growth teaching this morning. James chapter 3 says this. This is going to bless you. For those of you that have this problem, just write this down and grow. Good medicine. Praise and cursing can't come out of the same mouth. You need to take a side. Are you going to praise the Lord with your life? Or are you going to curse others with your life? It says, my brothers and sisters, it shouldn't be this way. It says, can fresh and salt water flow out of the same spring? Not at all. Your heart, out of your heart flows the issues of life. Out of your heart, your mouth, the abundance, the overflow of your heart produces a receipt. We hear your heart through your words is what the word is saying. Can bitter and sweet water flow from the same well? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree produce olives? Can a grapevine produce figs? Of course not. And salt water cannot spring from a fresh well. We cannot be Christians who praise on Sunday and gossip and backbite on Monday. You are either on side with God or you are lukewarm. This is important for us to understand because lukewarm Christians, I found some traits. 
And if you've got notes, I want you to write these down. Lukewarm Christians, they, they don't really uh, want to be saved from their sin. They want to be saved from the penalty of their sin. They want to they keep a life of sin, but they want to run to the grace and the exemption and not be bound to the penalty of their sin. That doesn't exist in the things of God. You have fooled yourself and the great deceiver, Satan himself, has made you think that that is the life you can live. I, I meet people all the time who are saying, God doesn't hear my prayers. I heard a preacher one time said, then just why don't you cuss him out? What's the matter? Are you afraid he'll hear you? No, God hears our prayers, but we are straddling the fence of holiness and carnality and we're expecting God to meet all of our needs. He, he is the God that desires it, but we have not taken his side. I heard somebody pray, God, if you'll just help me win the lottery, I'll give all my tithes and offerings to you, God. He can't even trust you with your paycheck right now. I didn't, I didn't expect everybody to like that statement. All he asked was for 10%. You can't even muster that up. You give the waiter 20 and you cheap out on God. A lot of people want God to move for, for them to see him move. That is not our God. You're going to have to take a side. Lukewarm Christians, they're moved. They're inspired by stories like today. That is so refreshing. But they don't move themselves. They just look and they applaud for others and they, they think that the idea of God doing great things in someone's life is so, so inspirational. When God wants to do the same thing in your life. Somebody uh, told me, I, I, I really regret not going to woman of all. You had every opportunity that them other ladies had to go. But enough got in the way. There's ladies that, 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 that took off, that took paid time off invested into themselves and they're living in the reward i'm not here to beat you up but i am here to make you uncomfortable a little bit because that comfort level is what's kept us in chains lukewarm christians they don't share their faith their faith with neighbors and friends they don't they, no. uh charles spurgeon one time said you're either a missionary for christ or you are an imposter there is no middle ground you are either hot or you are cold, and it cannot be both. Christians that are lukewarm, they don't live by faith. They live their lives structured so they never have to live by faith. Real faith is not comfortable. Real faith where you step out on what you believe, not what you see. Most of us want to see a sign in order to step out. But that's not how the things of God work. It doesn't matter how much you pray and shunda and honda and run all over the room and swing from the chandeliers. You cannot see God move until you step out in faith. He's not moved by your desperation. He's not moved by, your, by the amount of money that you give. He's not moved by all the hours that you serve. He's only moved when you step out on nothing except believing in him. That's the only way he is moved. I wrote this down. I said, if you're going to, if you're not in a place where you feel desperate for the spirit of God, then there's no way you're on the front lines of the mission field. Are you desperate? Are you desperate? Let me talk to those at Bedside Baptist this morning. 
comfortable. <laughs> I'm going to judge them. I'm going to judge you. Okay, hold on. No, there's, there's times that we give preference to all these other things. They won't miss, some of them won't miss work tomorrow, but they couldn't get out of bed to come and worship the king. They'll be there tomorrow on time. Some of you are 15 minutes late to church. No matter if Jesus is preaching, you're still late to church. It's good preaching whether you like it or not. Lukewarm Christians, they give God their leftovers. Lukewarm Christians, they give God what they have time for. Micah chapter 8, chapter 1 rather, verse 8 says this scripture. Watch this. It said, and when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, they were offering blind animals, weak, crippled animals to God as an offering. Maybe you don't come in and you offer a blind offering. But if you offer a conditional praise, it's kind of the same thing. A praise, God, I'll praise you only if you. He said, this is evil. The prophet Micah said, this is evil. This is lukewarmness. And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Try offering your taxes. Try paying your taxes how you pay, how you honor God with your giving. Now, the offering's already taken up. You can, you can loosen up a little bit. But try treating the government the way we treat God. And see if they won't knock on your door and say, you're a little short. Sometimes we're blaming the devil, but the truth of the matter, we're just living with one foot in the world and one foot in the things of God. This is good preaching. Would he, would the governor be pleased? Would he accept what you've got to give? Something has to suffer. Now, this is strong language, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up, and I'm, I promise to leave you with a, on a high note. But if the things of God is suffering to your goals and plans, you have been lukewarm. I don't care how many days you're in church. If the things of God and his desire for your life, I know people, there's some in this room who are called to do ministry, but you've convinced yourself you don't have time. Something is suffering and something is winning. What is it? Something has to suffer. If we're not sold out to God, then, then the, the, our, our relationship with God is suffering by the conditions of this world. Let me ask you this. Is the darkness in your life suffering or is the light suffering? Is, is sin and self suffering in your life or is commitment and faithfulness suffering? Our life's mission if our life's mission is our goal, then the great commission for our life is suffering. If the great commission is our goal, then our life's goals are suffering. Do you follow what I'm saying? God wants you to take a side. Everybody say, take a side. Everyone lives this life by one of three mindsets. I want you to write these three down. One of three mindsets, and I'm going to close. I've beat you up long enough this morning. Number one, there is a God and he's worth living for. Now, it's easy to get an amen on a Sunday morning in the 10 a.m. service at Hope Alive Church. 
But is this the same amen you'll give on Friday night at midnight? It's the same amen you'll give on Saturday. Is it the same amen you'll give in the hospital room, the courtroom, or, or the operating room? There is a God who is alive and he's worth selling out for. Number two, a mindset is there is no God, so I live for myself. One is hot, one is cold, and the third one is there is a God, but I'm still going to choose to live for myself anyway. And I know what your spirit, I'm closing with this, I know what our spirits want to say. We want to say, there is a God and I'm sold out to him. But I wouldn't be your pastor and I wouldn't be mandated by God if I didn't say more of us than we would like to admit. Believe there is a God. See, the Bible says the devil believes there is a God. Even the, the mention of his name causes demons to tremble. The devil comes to church. Sometimes he's, he's dressed up in a distraction. Sometimes he's dressed up in a religious Christian. But there has to be one temperature for your soul. And we cannot afford, I'm telling you today, we cannot afford, we will not see glory here on earth if we don't learn to sell out completely. Here's the good news. Nowhere in this Bible will you, will you find selling out as a list of rules you have to accomplish. Because the truth of the matter is you can't accomplish them all by yourself. Thank God we had a savior who made us righteousness, not because of our works, but as of his grace and of his mercy. We have a savior that came to this earth and, and because he gave all, we can sell out for all. So if you're in this place, and I would even dare say this, and mad at God because he not, has not answered your prayers, I just have a question. Are you asking God for something you're not giving him first? Are you asking him to unload all of his resources and rescue you one more time? But we cannot even make time to make him the focus of our hearts and minds. I'm not here to judge you. In fact, the scripture does plenty of judging. If you read it, the scripture will be the best judge. It's hard to scream at your Bible and say, quit judging me. Go ahead. No, it will not judge you, but it will convict you. And it will, it will pierce your heart. And it'll say to you, that doesn't line up with what you know to be truth. I will shut Hope Alive Church down before I will pastor a group of people who think that coming to God and bringing him blind worship, conditional sacrifice, less than holy commitment, this place would make a better event center, concert hall, we could sell beer out the back before we'll turn this into another place that just leads people on to making them think that lukewarm living is acceptable by God. It's not. I don't care if I grow the biggest church in town. But I, my goal is when I stand before the King, Billy, 
and all the blood, your blood will be on my hands. And I will stand there and I will be judged. Did I bring the coolest speakers? Did I wear the coolest clothes? Did we play the coolest music? Or did you tell them the truth of what I want them to know? The answer to their prayer is not in how long you can pray. It's not in how, how loud you can pray. It's if you're praying from a hot, sold out heart. what I found in our area and what I found as pastoring some of you is because you were taught, many were taught that you can live any way you want to and if you make it to the church on the weekend you're good, you're reset those deep roots of religious trickery has made us think because that's how our grandmas and grandpas and families were raised God is not a God of only Saturday night and Sunday morning. He's not a God of the confession booth. He's not a God of just praying religious prayers. He's a God that wants to walk with you day and night through the highs and the lows. He's there for the wins. He's there for the challenges. But you're going to have to sell out. I said you're going to have to sell out. You're going to have to sell out to him. You're going to have to sell out to his word. You're going to have to sell out to his call. And you're going to have to give all. You can do that and still be a lawyer. You can do that and still be a hairstylist. You can do that and still be a, a nurse. You can do that and still be a professional. He put you there for the light to affect the darkness. Stand with me all over the room. I want to say this. Indecision is a decision. I'm going to say this again. I don't want to confuse you. I know there's a lot of moving parts, but stay with me. Indecision, neutrality is a decision. Some people want to stay neutral because they don't have the character to stand for anything. They are fearful of the backlash from one side. And so they refuse to stand up for one or the other. But that neutrality, that compromise, that middle of the road is not what God called you to be. He didn't call you to be a dim light. He didn't call you to be a little bit of salt. He didn't call you to be a little bold just when you're around certain groups of people. You are either redeemed from the hand of the enemy or not. You are either hot or cold. You are either a bitter well, your mouth and your heart. Maybe you don't use cuss words, but you still curse with your words. I know people that have gone to church and they've learned just the behavior pattern of not to use curse words, but cursing still flows from their mouth. It has to be one or the other. My message to you today as your pastor because I love you. Because when I get to heaven, I want to look around and I want to see the Hope Alive group. I don't want to, I don't want to do all this. I don't. I don't want to do all this to be, a, to be a name in the community. Who cares? 
I want to do all this to make a name for myself in heaven and make a name for myself in hell so that they know that Hope Alive Church is not just about building big rooms. It's about building big hearts and big souls and big minds. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's, let's look in. Now you've looked at all my slides and all my screens. You've heard all this scripture. But I want you to look at the screen of the inside of your heart for a moment. And I want you to be as honest with yourself as you can. Prayer team, I want you to slip up here quietly. I want us to be as honest with ourselves as we can. How far are you from the source? I love you, but I am not your source. Hope Alive Church is glad that you're here, but Hope Alive Church is not your source. We cannot make you hot. We cannot turn the temperature of your soul up. Look inside. Don't look at me. Look inside. What is the temperature? What is the thermometer reading of your soul? Where is your mind? Is your mind sold out? Is your will sold out? A lot of people have their mind and their emotions sold out, but they don't have their will. Where is your will? Is it sold out? Is it on one side of the line or the other? My goal is to move you to one side, and I want to move you to the hot side. But standing on the other side, at least God can send someone your way to help you get it. But standing in the middle, don't leave this room today standing in the middle again. For some in this room, we have found out in these last few days that death is such an unfair moment to our humanity. I'm not scaring in you into making a decision, but you don't have tomorrow. And your delay to make a decision is an arrogant form of pride to imply you do have it. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of recommitment. Today is the day of deliverance. They're going to sing a song of worship. If you need prayer or if you need to rededicate, hear me, prayer team, rededicate their lives to God. Maybe you've never made a single decision for Christ. I'm, I'm feeling like a good old altar call, a good old invitation to know Jesus today. A good old moment of repentance to turn from wickedness, to turn from halfway, to turn from warmness, to leave this room on fire, on fire to see God's will work through your life. If I spoke to you today, let us pray for you. Get out of your seat. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms or visit us online at myhopealive.church.